Good evening, 47. Your destination is the quaint British city of Bath. Your target is Matthew Castle, former journalist turned podcast baron and his morally corrupt associate, Samuel Roberts. Known as the two giant men of Somerset, they turned small-time magazine careers into a thriving, low-effort media business, blackmailing their own followers into funding an extravagant lifestyle of meats and sandwiches. Both are due to switch on the city's Christmas lights, celebrating their dubious contributions to journalism. I'm sure you'll leave a present or two in their stock in 47. After all, they do say print is dead. Good luck, Agent. Welcome to the 100th episode of the Back Page of Video Games Podcast. I'm Samuel Roberts and I'm joined as ever by Matthew Castle. Hello. Matthew, we made it to episode 100 of the podcast and we're finally rewarding our listeners' patience with the one thing they've all been asking for, which is a clip show made up of old episodes. How are you feeling about that? Very excited. Matthew, are you a fan of the classic clip show format as seen on US sitcoms as a way to um, extend a sort of series run to get it to syndication? You a fan of that format? (laughs) I'm a a huge fan. I mean, my favourite episode of Alias is the episode towards the end of season one (laughs) where they recap the whole of season one for an episode as a court case. (laughs) Some would say that's where my love of games court originated from. (laughs) Where I saw the power of the law, yeah, for just total bullshit. <laughs> yeah, that was that actually was a great clip show. To be honest, I was there thinking, what is the best clip show? And that's got to be up there. I think the Simpsons uh, one hosted by Troy McClure, the hundred thirty eighth episode, spectacular. That's like that's up there as well. It's always the hugely phoned in energy of the bits between the clips, where they're like, we need some kind of framework, so it'll be like all the guys at Cheers. Uh, you know, having a bet to see who can remember like the weirdest thing that happened in Cheers or something. Yeah. And you're like, man alive, you were on holiday that week. <laughs> so um, you must agree then that this is a good way to reward our listeners' loyalty, right? For following us for 100 episodes of, I think, around half a million downloads at this point, or at least close to it. Wowzers. Yeah, I think it's something like 465 when I checked. Or maybe it's 365. I don't remember. Anyway, it's quite high, so that's good. So that's still less than one copy of official PlayStation once sold. <laughs> <laughs> yep exactly good for us <laughs> but hey you know it's solid enough so I, I think that's a good way to reward loyalty don't you clips from old episodes i think that's like exactly what people have been asking for if you don't like a clip show then you don't like life yep exactly so um matthew is there anything you'd like to share about the clips that we're about to listen to we've really kind of dug into the archives here to pick out some true highlights i think our listeners will remember these well anything you want to sort of comment on from this batch yeah it was super tough because there's so many episodes i've really enjoyed doing but i think these were the ones which i think for a lot of these are things where you when you think back across it the first thing that comes to mind will probably be one of these clips yeah i think so okay let's kick off with our first clip then matthew this is from episode number where we ranked all 316 warioware games that was uh micro games rather jeez, uh, oh, yeah quite an undertaking wasn't it <laughs> that was ludicrous but uh yeah roll the clip oh okay right welcome to um hour seven 
of the um, best WarioWare micro games. Top 10 at last. Um, the deepest, most thematically resonant takes on WarioWare that we can muster. So, Matthew, number 10 in our WarioWare micro games ranking is uh, Nighttime Allergies. Do you remember this this uh, this micro game? The official wiki breakdown of this describes there is a woman named as Baroness Drip with a long strand of mucus hanging out of her nose. The player must repeatedly mash the button to make Baroness Drip sniff the mucus back into her nose. If the player waits too long, the strand will get longer and eventually break off, causing the game to be lost. Right. Yeah, so the the first time I saw this, I wanted to well up how beautiful the sprite art is. What an absolutely striking image this is Mm. of a woman snorting in some snot. In the French version of the game, its name translated as Evening Beauty. Wow. What does throw me is that actually when they remade this game for WarioWare Gold, they put uh, twists on them, as I've now repeated about 150 (laughs) times this episode. And weirdly, the twist they added on this is a man comes in uh, called Pierre, and he looks a lot like my stepdad. (laughs) I see. Does he does he also have snot or? Yeah, oh. you have to do twice as much button pressing for them both to to. You have to get his snot in, then her snot in. Jeez. But he really does look like my stepdad in like five years' time. It's how I imagine he'll look. Do you think he's punching above his weight, getting it on with Baroness What's her face? Do you think that's he's punching above his weight there? What do you reckon? <laughs> uh, we uh... <laughs> I don't, don't, don't know what to say to that. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> this is a very cursed and weird avenue you've taken us down. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't know how we got here, really. Um, uh, I think we should reverse the fuck out of it. <laughs> yeah, okay, sure. Let's move on to our number nine then. Oh, dear. Deep into the podcast madness here. So this is this is a tough one for me, this one. So now my number nine is The Legend of Zelda. And now this is best known as Link Walks Into a Cave. Okay? It's like yeah. it's a classic, you know? And like I put to you, Matthew Castle, that this is the best Zelda game ever made. This is raw, sort of beautiful game design at its purest. You walk into a cave. Sometimes it's in front of the cave. Sometimes it's slightly to the side of the cave. Does anything say adventure like that? Like walking into a cave in different directions? I I think this is like seminal Nintendo thoughts. This sounds like a troll worthy of our Discord. (laughs) This sounds like some of the nonsense I have to read on there. (laughs) Um, that is absolutely ludicrous. Matthew, some people say that episode was torturous and that we didn't take the subject seriously and were completely out of our depth. And to those critics, I say we got mentioned in The Guardian, so get fucked. Um, that's, that's <laughs> and they what, specifically mentioned that episode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they did. It was like a it was a real favourite of them. And um, it was the other one, the BBC. They liked the podcast, didn't they? Yeah, the BBC loved it. Yeah, fantastic. Okay, so um, yeah, our second clip, Matthew, just to sort of rewind all the way back to... Uh, I can't remember where this one was, but... Um, yeah, it's uh, episode uh, the Yujinaka Games Draft. So uh, we'll cut to that now. Here are the categories. There's a lot of debate off air about this, as there always is with the draft categories. Before we get into them, how are you feeling about doing Yujinaka as a draft? Um, I can't believe we're doing Yujinaka before we do N64. That seems obscene to me, but there you go. I feel like we are fighting over like. A real couple of scraps, like <laughs> 10 brackets is tough. Some of these are super difficult. Okay, uh, bracket one, we've got best game featuring Sonic the Hedgehog. Bracket two, best game not featuring Sonic the Hedgehog. Bracket three, best MMO. Bracket four, best game featuring a giant egg. Bracket five, best game not <laughs> featuring a giant egg. 
Bracket six, Classic. best Wii game no one played. Bracket seven, best Street Pass game. Bracket eight, the overrated Saturn game category. Bracket oh, man, that could be many, many games. <laughs> could be <for> years. Um, <laughs> bracket nine, best game featuring an animal carrying guns. Yeah. And bracket ten, best Yuji Naka grudge. Mm. Because Matthew insisted we have another avenue to tell the story about the Luigi's Mansion 3Q. That is a very important story. People like that story. It's a great story. I've told that 18 times on this podcast and people still dig it. Okay, um, do you want to do the coin toss, Matthew? Uh, what do you want to go for? Uh, heads. Okay, and it's tails. Oh, okay. Oh, Matthew, uh, you begin. You, you can either begin or you can... Uh, I want to go first. Mm-hmm. I feel like you're trying to paint me into a corner with best game featuring animal carrying guns. Right, right. Um, right. There is no list of mine which is going to feature Shadow the Hedgehog. Right, okay. So I did have a question of, do you think Billy Hatcher, is he like a chicken boy? (laughs) So he's kind of an animal and he throws eggs. Arguably, the egg is nature's bullet. Uh, Yeah, I think I'll I'll let you have that one, I think, uh, on a technicality. I think that's... Oh, nice. You're pushing the category rules there. But um, yeah, I'll let you have it. Uh, in this instance. Yeah, so best game featuring animal carrying guns, Billy Hatcher and this giant egg. I think this also, you know, sets you up for a bit of a fall. Good luck in best game featuring a giant egg category. I mean, you say that, Matthew, but I actually have um, I have a, a great pick for that one. Is it my turn? Yeah. Okay, bracket four, best game featuring a giant egg. I've got Sonic the Hedgehog 2, which features a big robot called Death Egg. Oh. Fucking yes, mate. Fucking yes. You have good memories of the Yuji Naka draft. Were you a bit perturbed by you losing 10% to 90% in the vote? I didn't know um, there were that many Rodeer the Sky Soldiers stands out there in our <laughs> listener base, but yeah. there we go. I wasn't surprised, to be honest. That's exactly the kind of bullshit that they like, isn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. So next up, uh, Matthew, we're going to episode... Judge Castle rules on the worst guest mics, um, sentencing existing real-life games industry personnel to death for a having the audacity to take out an entire evening to come on our podcast and have bad microphones. That works on two levels, because they record using audacity. <laughs> let's uh, let's get into it. I hope none of them take this personally, that we're ruling on them being turned into wine or whatever it is we're doing. What's the method of punishment again? They're back in Michael Caine's tank. Right, right. And the irony being that... Uh, the sound quality from within inside a Waterfield tank is still better than some of these bad bloody mics. <laughs> okay, so first up, Matthew, we've got uh, Kessa McDonald, who I saw at Gamescom and said she really likes the podcast, Matthew, so maybe she could be lenient here. This is Kessa who got us into The Guardian, you know, got us all that cred. But what's the microphone situation like? So this one, this one was confusing because her mic was so quiet. Like I had to sort of guess how to react during some of the episode. I was sort of going, <laughs> and hoping that what she was saying wasn't like some traumatic story about being in the games industry. Right, right. I just assumed it was all lighthearted and full of banter. But the final audio was fine, so it's kind of got to balance those two things. I really don't think we can put Keza in the tank. I think there'd be an uproar about that. Though it would open up that very lucrative games editor position on the Guardian. <laughs> Do you think you got a shot at that one? Or would they think you're a bit too old school? Oh, no, probably not. I've just just drowned too many people to be seen as legitimate there. <laughs> yeah, do you think uh, like a hiring editor from The Guardian could listen to an episode of this podcast and think, that man needs to join our organisation? Do you think that's even possible? Well, I have written for them, so they're not that above me. That's true. I did have a couple of uh, uh, little special shout-outs for this one, which wasn't so much mic quality, but like energy that set me on edge right, okay tim clark had a lot of new york noise in the background 
Uh, so my mind was constantly wandering to like what New York must be like. Right. Um, also, Andy Kelly's Dreamcast episode <laughs> because he told us that he was recording it in a camper van outside a house. Oh yeah, that was really strange. <laughs> and so I was again constantly aware that he was outside, and it felt strangely vulnerable. There was like a horror film element to that. Mm. Someone could have been inches away, and we wouldn't know. I just, I don't know. I like guests to record from inside the sort of safety of a of a house. I mean, really, like, some of the worst mic work ever was in some of our early episodes, I feel. <laughs> um, so, oh, oh, shit. Does this mean I could get, I'm going to get drowned for that time I had the gain on too high um, in best in <laughs> 2022 predictions? You were fucking livid. That was bad. Well, I was thinking more our first few episodes where we recorded them in person, like both in the same room. Oh, yeah. And then I couldn't work out how to get the two audio files to like link up. So there was always like a slight echo, and <laughs> which is why we decided to start recording apart in the end. But definitely didn't break COVID laws to uh, record those episodes, right, Matthew? I don't think we did. I think that was in a pocket where you were allowed to see each other. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> What? I think we broke the law at the time. No, we didn't. Yes, we did. I think we did. This podcast wasn't born out of an illegal act. <laughs> it was like a speakeasy, a podcast speakeasy. Did you skulk in? Yeah, I walked up like solid snake. Oh, man. Oh, I should, I should remove that bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we should keep it in. Um, I think it technically counts because um, we were bubbling, right? Oh, that's how we did it, yeah. Right, yeah. So we're technically okay. Whew. That was that almost turned into real, real court, didn't it? <laughs> A weird concept for an episode, that one. Yeah, I would say so. Uh, something else that was quite weird. Do you remember the time we briefly became a TikTok meme? Oh, yeah. They took our PC gaming draft bust up and started uh, reenacting it. Uh, weird, but was quite nice to be relevant to the youth for once. Yeah, not technically an episode, um, but I feel we sort of own the content. And my, my tantrum about TIE Fire had to be worth something. So uh, <laughs> let's roll the clip. So, what's your second pick, Matthew? Oh man, there are so many good things. Yeah, it's really good. It's really hard to narrow some of these things down. I'm going to get the category out the way that I'm struggling the most with, cause I literally don't have anything for it. Uh Uh-huh. Which is Sim. And I'm going to take Star Wars TIE Fighter. Oh fuck. (laughs) Oh, that sucks. (laughs) That was the game I played so much this week, ready to take it. I feel bad because I've never even played it. (laughs) That's even worse. You motherfucker. Oh, you absolute prick. Fuck you, Matthew Castle. Uh, Jesus Christ. You absolute wonker. I should have picked it first. I thought there's no way you'd go for that. I thought you would misunderstand that was even a sim and I thought you'd pick, like, Microsoft Flight Simulator or something. Yeah, it was either that or I'd written down, I have vague memories of playing Flight Unlimited 2 at someone's house. Ha 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 ha. Go on then, Matthew. Tell me about why TIE Fighter is so good. Uh, the mailbags, Matthew. Some have called that a very lazy format of ours, right? They've yielded any number of insightful and inane questions, but some have left deeper scars than others. So let's, um, should we cut to uh, episode one of our many mailbags? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, so, Matthew, do you want to read out this one? Hi, MNS, SNM, two giant men. I'm writing this while inside Matthew's house in Bath. Only kidding. Or am I? <laughs> 
What would you do in this scenario? Eugene, oh, here we oh, go. Eugene Acker has challenged you both to a game of paintball and has arranged for Bath to be closed down. You battle throughout the city centre, leaving permanent paint marks throughout landmarks like the Roman Bards, oh. the Little Theatre and the gym where the KFC used to be. <laughs> That's very good. Yeah. However, Matthew has now shot him in the cheek and he's gone home in a mood. Doesn't say which cheek, uh, does it? No. And now we get to the question, what meat product do you buy him from JC's Kitchen to win back his affection, which has remained open throughout this ordeal? Uh, P.S. I bought a copy of Dead Space 3 for £16.28. Pulp me, Daddy. Um, also, I love the part, part, except for Samuel's laugh, which stops me from getting some shut-eye. I only listen to the back page at 4am on Monday mornings. Um, that's from It's Mr. Pants 69 I've got to say... I've absolutely had it with the Yuji Naka questions on this podcast, Matthew. People are like, <laughs> yeah. oh, what if Yuji Naka moved into your house for two weeks? And it's like, <laughs> this is all people ask about now is our relationship with a fictitious version of Yuji Naka. And now it's like, what if Yuji Naka was in fucking John Wick 4 and John Wick 4 was set in Bath? <laughs> I mean, the most plausible bit of this is the idea that he would be shot in the cheek, then go home in a mood. That bit. I can really sort. Of... Oh, that's got that's got powerful macro energy. Very sour man, <laughs> but uh, famously so. I tell you what, I do like about these letters though is that where they pretend to know Bath, they've obviously done a Google search. Mm. I mean, Roman baths. Yeah, that's that's pretty high up. Little theatre, you know, that's a bit more specific. Same fantastic, Mister Fox though. However, kudos for the, the gym where the KFC used to be. Yeah, that's a deep cut. That is. There's now another KFC in a different location. That's like Bath Deep Law at this point. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but I, I, I love that they did replace a KFC with a gym. Can't think <laughs> of two things more far apart. Yeah, that's it. And I, when I saw no one going into that gym, I felt like vengeful. I felt like fire in my heart. I was like, yeah, fuck you. You don't deserve people because you took chicken away from me. <laughs> I like the idea that someone's like muscle memory might take them there for KFC, <laughs> only to discover a running machine, which is the opposite of a Tower Zinger burger. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Arguably. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. And like dumbbells are like KFC hot wings, right? Like that's the equivalent. Oh, yeah. So how do you feel about the, the deluge of Yuji Naka questions, Matthew? Are you as fucking sick of it as I am? It's probably our fault for doing the Yuji Naka draft. Right. Like fundamentally, I think that's probably where we uh, signed up for this this particular fate. Well, that was a great episode. Um, I was surprised by how rich your takes on Fantasy Star Online 2 were. Like, it was, you went so deep for a game I didn't even know you'd played. Do you know what I mean? Uh, so, um, finally, Matthew, bought Dead Space 3 for £16.28. I know this is not a games court, but what's Judge Castle, uh, Daddy Castle's uh, take on this one? I don't know. I can sort of understand if you're trying to, like, complete the collection and there's a bit of Dead Space excitement at the moment because of the Dead Space remake that's just been announced. So, it's also just not a very good game and i can't really sign off on that yeah oh did you read about those um silent hill rumors there's fucking 80 rumors a week at the moment that konami is doing something with silent hill i don't believe it'll ever happen honestly i think a lot of people are gonna have a lot of egg on their face when that comes to nothing yeah absolutely very quickly then best jc's kitchen uh for the hundredth time on this podcast it's got to be the um bubble and squeak the bubble box with the chicken and a bit of um a uh, bit of the old, what's it called, mint and yogurt and peri-peri. Those things combined, that's fucking top-notch. Thoughts? That is the correct answer. Um, I do get upset when readers go to Bath and go to Jace's Kitchen and then have a wrap. Yeah. Oh, you got so close. <laughs> you know, you'd made the trip. You found him on the mythical Bog Island, <laughs> only to fall at the final hurdle and not get the bubble and squeak. Yep, absolutely, yeah. Okay, so next question. Um, who is your favourite playable mammal in the Tekken series? 
Oh, great clip, Matthew. Like my own children, if I had them, uh, the listeners often need some tough love. Um, like mm. when I told off Balladeer for being the Nintendo police. That was funny. Um, <laughs> Matthew, do you remember when we recorded lyrics to a theme tune? And um, we had a competition to see who, which of us could write better lyrics. Yeah, but in the end, we chose not to use the lyrics. Do you remember why that was? Were they problematic? Uh, I think they were just like, uh, dog shit. Oh yeah, that's why. Yeah, now I remember. It's a, I will say, an incredibly difficult tune to sing lyrics to. <laughs> yeah, I say so. But you know, it was um, it was a valiant effort. Um, but after ten episodes, we thought we'd drop the idea due to uh, public outcry and cancelled Patreon pledges. So, um, okay, let's uh, roll the two two bits of music. Remember when? I gave Skyward Sword a 10 And jumped Eugene Knacker in that queue Or how about Hotel Dusk And the other five games that I like It's a show where we repeat a lot My anecdotes are quickly running out I can't help it It's the price of simply getting older Oh, and now here comes old Michael Caine, drowning me for all this oral pain. I don't think it's too bad To live with one foot in the past If we're not talking mags The alternative is making podcasts about Overwatch 2 and that would suck. Play it again, Big Sammy. Video games. Video games. Video games. Talking about video games. Video games. Video games. It's a podcast about video games. Do 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 do. So Matthew, next up, we've got a clip from one of our signature magazine deep dives. We prided ourselves on looking at magazine covers and digging into some of our favourite writing. Now, arguably, there came a point where we were scraping the barrel a bit, like in this one, which was episode... Reviews we have no real opinion of. <laughs> Let's get into the clip. Let's do it. My first uh, review score I have no opinion on is uh, Green Lantern Rise of the Manhunters. Uh, 4 out of 10 in X360 magazine, a 2011 vintage. I don't have, um, don't have too much to say about this one. Any thoughts yourself? I haven't played it, assuming it's scored generally around here. Yeah, you know, it was not very good. Sort of DC time, sort of like. Mm. Didn't, didn't have much to say tied into a film that no one liked it was like four four out of ten what's your first one i got secret files tunguska the point and click game that i gave 63 um (laughs) reminded me a bit of monkey island and broken sword but not really as good as either of those i said it was fun enough for a rent could you even rent a ds game is that a ds game could you rent that's i yeah (laughs) that's almost too interesting (laughs) for this episode concept could you rent a game in 2008? Yeah, that's not what we're doing here. This is this. Sorry, we're having too many opinions. Sorry, I didn't really get it.
We present some highlights from the time Big Sammy Holdings and Matthew Castle Productions flew to GDC in San Francisco to present talks on thriving in the red-hot world of games publishing. I can't believe that they let us in to talk to a crowd of people. Good, good fun while it lasted. Yeah, I just want to say thanks to the uh, the GDC vault for letting us have the rights to these, um, these talks because usually these things are kind of protected. You can usually view them for educational purposes and that is primarily what those video recordings are for. But in this case, we've got special permission to run them on the podcast. So um, let's play the clips. Okay, thank you for coming out. I'm Sammy Roberts. I'm the uh, CEO and President and VP Creative at Big Sammy Holdings. Reason, capital, strategy. These are the things you need to eliminate from your life to succeed in games publishing. Contempt, high blood pressure, a time machine to kidnap Capcom employees from 2006. If you're not prepared to make that happen, you have no place in this fucking industry. Hello, I'm Matthew Castle from Matthew Castle Productions, here to tell you about five mistakes I won't be making again. Number one, putting Shutakumi in charge of the Forza series. You ever tried to interrogate a 1990 Subaru Legacy? We were lucky to even get that Edge 4. Number two, I made a very powerful enemy in Barack Obama. Listen, Randy Newman had put Winch Operator on his CV. This is partially on him for lying, probably more on me for not scrutinising him better. Number three, I lost so much of my life to posting myself to users of my subscription service. I returned a stranger to my wife and most of the people I visited were out. I spent so many hours in sorting offices. Number four, man cannot live on pick and mix alone. You do not want to know how I learnt this or indeed what the foam banana can do to the human gut and no, do not ask me in the Q&A portion. Finally, number five, do not spend a billion dollars on a reboot of Jurassic Park Trespasser. The appetite just isn't there. Thank you. Uh, finally, Matthew, last clip for this uh, this 100th episode spectacular. Uh, do you remember the time in episode when we were talking about Dino Crisis 3 and then the Phantom Thieves from Persona 5 stole our hearts and forced us to confess our sins to each other? Oh yeah, how could I possibly forget? Let's jump to that now. I have a podcast confession, Sam. I've got a couple myself, Matthew. What's, what's yours? The vacuum cleaner anecdote about the police doing a lineup of vacuum cleaners. Yeah. Uh, I'm afraid that was misremembered. My mother got in touch with me and told me that she told me to that, that as a joke and I had folded that into my memories as something that happened. Oh, no. That did seem very <laughs> unlikely, didn't it? Um, it did, but it seemed like gold at the time and I genuinely believed it. So I would like to apologise for that. I've got a podcast confession myself, Matthew. What is it? My dad doesn't play an oboe. He plays the clarinet which is marginally less funny an instrument than the oboe <laughs> i don't know he's still locked in a room playing an instrument and the saboteur which is which is really the gold of the idea the saboteur bit is true <laughs> do you have another confession yeah i have another confession before we did the ps vita draft i crowdsourced loads of ideas from the playstation access team so that i wouldn't look bad on the episode oh geez that explains a lot to be honest um <laughs> I shouldn't have lost that one. That's fucking injustice, that was. Um, I've got another confession for you. It's it's less podcast-related and more just, like, general. Okay. When I was uh, about 14, went to this campsite in Spain, and there was this kid there, this jolly little kid. He was, like, next door, next camper van, played football for a bit, accidentally trod on his foot, uh, came out later, he was a lot less jolly, and he had a cast on his foot where I trod on it. What? 
Uh, I didn't tell anyone about that for years. And I thought, I've committed like a terrible thing here. Breaking a boy is worse than cheating on a games draft. I'd say they, they 50-50, personally. Um... <laughs> Do you have another confession? Whenever we do a Games Draft episode, I send a WhatsApp to my really large extended family telling them to vote for me. Oh, is that actually true? That is actually true. <laughs> and that is not surprising at all. This is, uh, <laughs> fuck, we, have, we, are, we are through the looking glass here, people. Yeah, I just, I knew it. I've seen it too happen too many times. How fucking big is this WhatsApp? There's siblings and their partners and, I don't know, like 20 people? Okay, I've got one last podcast confession, Matthew. Okay. Even though we say this is not a horny podcast, sometimes I think it might be. <laughs> well, I'm guilty of that too. Right. And if that's wrong, I don't want to be right. Oh, that's the uh, that's the end of the clip show, Matthew. A wild ride there through two years of history um, to celebrate 100 episodes of the back page. How are you feeling about it? God, we've made some good episodes. It doesn't stop here, gang. So um, next week, we're back with uh, Jay Bayliss and the best Digimon games. Um, so we'll see you then. Backpage pod on Twitter, uh, patreon.com slash backpage pod. Uh, where can people find you, Matthew? Uh, Mr. Basil underscore pesto. Cool. Yeah, and uh, yeah, c- catch, you, uh, catch you real soon, buddy. podcast is on the back of the cd case matthew oh uh, there you go what a classic twist yeah people made it in the end hopefully past this imagine this is your first episode right you listen to all those dog shit attempts at improvisational comedy which you and i were both like <laughs> does this even fucking work as it was going <laughs> and i don't i don't know if it does and i ripped off two dan Harmon shows in coming up with this idea of a fake clip show i ripped off interdimensional cable from rick and morty and the fake clip show they did in community so so that's good so matthew we thought we'd do some real episode 100 reflections uh because obviously like there's there's some interesting stuff to reveal about the history of the podcast here that we haven't talked about before and i think that we deserve i know this is quite a you know kind of a a nostalgia wank podcast anyway uh, allegedly and so maybe we do a little bit too much self-indulgent stuff anyway but i think it's good to have a bit of reflection what about you yeah i think so i think it's allowed you know we've We've put in the time, got it to 100. Um, I feel like if, if ever you can uh, take your foot off the gas for <laughs> some slightly self-indulgent dog bullshit, I almost said dog shit. <laughs> Very different energy. Um, slightly self-indulgent bullshit. I think it's episode 100. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. So yeah, yeah, this uh, 100 episodes, how are you feeling about, about reaching it, Matthew? Did you ever think we'd get to this point? Do you remember how you felt when we started? Oh... Uh... I mean, we almost, like, my memory of it is that it almost didn't make it out of the gate because we were, like, so full of self-doubt about the first recording that I think we even had an exchange of, like, are we even going to do this? (laughs) Yeah, I think I said to you that because we didn't put out episode one by itself, what we did was we kept our mouths shut about it put episode one out so it looked like it came out one week and then put out episode two which was game review scores we got wrong which i knew was the one that was the idea to like really click people in and that felt like the thing that made it work is that sort of how you reflect on that bit of how it came together yeah i think so yeah because yeah the first one was you know it's, it's it's fine but we were like 
we'd gone for, we, we didn't record like a, a pilot or anything we kind of went straight into it and hoped that it would work breaking several and, covid laws allegedly <laughs> at the same time i don't really remember it <laughs> and yeah like yeah so like i'm glad we did push through those, those original self-doubts because I think that's quite typically us of like, oh, no one will want this, or no one will, you know, this shouldn't be, this shouldn't be a thing. And, you know, that we put, that episode two sort of finally had an idea that we actually wanted to do is also very us. Yeah. I think... <laughs> it's a very chaotic way of doing it. <laughs> it's like, episode two is the one where, like, the, the, the kind of the idea of the podcast really lives. The first one is, well, I don't know, but we're doing it. Well, I like the idea that, like, when people could first discover it they had those two episodes to complement each other they had here's some like commentary on some new games consoles that we actually have that proved to be very hard to get hold of and you know doing some trad podcast stuff and then here's the idea that's a little bit more us and then the whole podcast is constantly flipped between those two different things i feel where we're sort of reacting to stuff and ultimately doing things that we just that we enjoy you know and that may not have any contemporary relevance but that people enjoy hearing about anyway yeah yeah so you sort of the dna yeah, that was there you know? yeah absolutely and it really was like the the recording setup to begin with was quite bad because uh i don't really know how to set up mics properly so my recording system is i have a mic in a kind of overturned coffee table lined with pillows <laughs> and you you came round as our into our bubble as agreed yep. <laughs> and I'd set up a similar setup for you so even though we were in the same room we both had our heads bar- buried in these like weird pillow boxes I was fucking sweating because I was in a tiny room oh, with a giant yeah, man, I mean, and I'm also a giant yeah, man. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it was not a good environment to record in and weirdly the whole thing got a lot more kind of uh, personable once we started recording apart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think uh, it became a little less intense because we did it through necessity, right? Because there was well, I know cuz we, I guess we were still technically bubble, but there was the UK did go into lockdown. Yeah, so it was a little bit of like uh, talking about the origins of the podcast, Matthew, because I I have a memory of being in a pub with you in January 2020 saying to you and Catherine, "Oh, should we do a podcast, you know?" and then suggesting a bunch of stuff. And then I don't don't feel like I entirely won you round. And then I felt like I had to kind of keep pitching at you until it became sort of a, a pandemic era distraction. And that's not me putting guilt on you because you, at the time, were in the games press. And so you had a job where you were doing this stuff all day. You probably didn't want to think about it outside of work. So do, do yeah. you remember that that time? Yeah, I, I thought it was like, a oh, yeah, that would be a sort of fu- fun idea. And, you know... You know, it stemmed from the fact that we liked hanging out at the pub and talking about nonsense. Mm. And it was like, oh, maybe someone else would listen to this nonsense and enjoy it. Yeah, like the the thing that def- that changed me, and this makes it sound really cynical, was the whole redundancy thing. Right. Which, like, I suddenly had spare time. <laughs> I was suddenly outside the industry. I didn't really have anything to do. It makes, but that makes it sound like I didn't have anything better to do than record a podcast with you. <laughs> but also, like, I just do, I do take a, a long time. Um, but I like to think that's, like, when I'm in on something, like, I am in in on it. Oh, yeah. And sort of throw myself into it. And may, maybe that's why I'm quite picky about what I do throw myself into, because I don't want to, like, you know, <laughs> commit to the wrong project. I think you're also worried that, like, does the world need another podcast with two white guys on it which was a real valid concern but i suppose like what did emerge is that there aren't that many uk games podcasts like there's a lot of us ones Uh, 
but you know yeah i mean that, that, that yeah that that there are you know that, that there are loads of great ones and there's loads of people i like who do who do podcasts but definitely like the scene the scene and the conversation seems like you know dominated by us pods mm. i guess i yeah it wasn't so much the kind of, you know because i thought our perspective you know we were like a little older and we had an angle on it um yeah which helped i think that was probably the big changing factor yeah was that once we once we sort of zoned in on the games magazine angle or like tapping into like our experiences and that specific time period even though it's quite a weird pitch and and as a pitch you think well this can this will only appeal to like this has got quite a finite reach on it right like there's a reason most people do what you've been playing in news yeah it's because most people want to be know, know about kind of contemporary games i was definitely nervous as well early on about like it being too retro i didn't want to do a retro podcast i'm not i don't consider myself like a, a like a retro gamer right um and you know i don't have the, a good enough memory for a lot of it as well so you know i, f- I feel like if, if you present yourself as a retro gaming podcast you're suddenly in the realms of you know jeremy parish and whatnot who are so on top of their shit that you know you don't want to be seen to be like competing in that space oh yeah because those guys have like such ridiculous deep knowledge of like uh, a game that only came out in japan who who made it like 25 years ago or whatever and i i don't yeah. have that knowledge either i think i've got a pretty good game a, like pretty deep games knowledge but it definitely all kind of crystallizes around ps2 era onwards so that's where most of like the content for this podcast comes from like for me matthew there's a there were two things at work like i wanted to talk about working games press for let's say it was 13 years in the end i think 12 years mm-hmm. like a long time and i knew that that would be interesting to someone uh even if it was just people we knew because i think the way that games media is often talked about is like ethics and things like that that's the that's what people argue about on social media or whether you can review uh like a harry potter game that sort of stuff to talk about games media in a way that was a little bit more like oh well, why do you do it and like what's fun about it and what was fun about it in an age before like seo and affiliate deals yeah. and things like that and like that's what and i think that it then informed the sensibilities of how we talked about games so the other prong to it for me was i want to talk about onamusha 2 eventually on a podcast and those two things right. were kind of at work a little bit in bringing it to life but i don't know like we say we're not really you you like, i remember you specifically talking about onamusha 2 at the pub probably as part of the conversation where we were like oh this would be a good podcast like onamusha 2 is like a quite a key text in the creation of the podcast but, i feel but the other thing was discovering the big picture right and like all the episode ideas they did during the pandemic were like um this new streaming film is out and here's five films of the same genre to talk about you know or of course the drafts which we did lift wholesale um although i think we definitely yeah, put our own but, spin on it but yeah yeah for sure weirdly i think that podcast i came to it in in the lockdown and but if you go back to some earlier stuff it is a bit more like industry focused and a bit more like this is what's happening. Mm. And I feel like the lack of movies kind of almost forced them to change it. You know, I discovered it just as it changed into exactly what I wanted. Right, yeah. Which which was something a bit more about we have a pretty good film knowledge. We've had like a weird amount of access to things. And so that allows us to kind of, you know, talk about maybe a, li- a little more than 
the sort of man on the street would be able to and like that's enough like that's that's the middle ground between i'm kind of retro god who knows everything and you know i don't know anything at all like we're in a, you know we've had a passing relationship with a lot of stuff which is like a fine place to kind of come from i think so and another thing i don't think we were ahead of as such but we were maybe in line with was that like the discussion of what is retro or what has kind of turned to ds 360 ps3 era a bit more in recent years and so mm. stuff where we do have the deeper knowledge because we worked on on it professionally that stuff is kind of what people like hearing about and thinking about in a way that when i was on x360 in 2009 like every it felt like every retro gamer cover was like a snes era kind of cover you know um mm. so i think that that happened at the same time i think that just what was new just became retro and obviously becomes more so with each passing year. But I gotta say, I don't think that we'd ever get to two years. I didn't think we'd ever launch a Patreon. I thought it would end before then. I thought it'd end after like 50 episodes or something. And then, yeah, and I didn't think we like make money that supports it and like justifies me spending a whole month playing God of War games, which is what I did last month, you know? So, um, <laughs> I, I, I did think we'd, we'd like needle each other too much at some point and like just bust up and that'll be it <laughs> <laughs> i think i worried about needling you too much because i'm the one who's always like can you fill this in can you write this can you do this and i feel so bad about that but well, that's because you're like a very efficient person <laughs> and i'm not you know this is very much like you know we ran our magazines differently i think you were a lot more on top of stuff and a lot more organized and I'm a sort of agent of chaos. <laughs> so when these two things come together, you've got like a taste firsthand of what it's like to work with me, which is pretty tough. Uh, yeah, it's, it's honestly been fine, to be honest. Like you all, that's the thing. Once you're, once you're in, like you say, you always turn up and you always do it. And like, <laughs> I don't think it's a small thing that you've edited half of these podcasts and I've edited the other half. So it's, you know, it's a massive time commitment we've put into it. That's why having the Patreon now feels good because... It feels like I'm being paid for like the work I already did to get it to this point, you know, and then also the all the work we're doing now. It's just just really satisfying that people care enough to actually bother, you know what I mean? Helping it that's very flattering, mm. really. Um, but that's because we kind of built something with its own identity, I think, ultimately, and that's just like uh, I guess that speaks to people. Um, should we mention Ooh. the um, Diana Burnwood thing at the start? Should we talk about that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yes, yeah, so I had this idea of like. What if we had a fake Hitman briefing and then found that Jane Perry, the voice actress who um, was the main character in Returnal and obviously has played Diana in Hitman, um, you could uh, yeah like pay for her, her services to make a cameo, essentially. And she very kindly just read out exactly what I wrote. Um, were you a fan <laughs> of my, my dialogue there, Matthew? I thought it was amazing. Like I thought a great audition piece for IO. <laughs> Uh, the next time one of their writing jobs comes up, I think one of their, one of them does follow the podcast. So, well, uh, yeah, drop me a line Ooh. if you want me to write for fucking James Bond or whatever. That's uh, that'd be great. Um, yeah, I actually, yeah, like, I mean, she really did it, did, did it justice. Like, she's got such a great voice. It was so specific what you gave her. <laughs> I, I would have been like, what the fuck is this? Like, what? Is, oh, I don't get any of this. But she's sort of. Yeah, aren't you really committed to it? She didn't even question it. I, I had to like, you have to pay extra right to go over the basic word limit of cameo because you can sort of just say oh i want to wish my my mate gary a happy birthday and then they just read it out and they, that's fine but like here i did there were no instructions no context just like a block of text and then i spent like tw- like 25 quid extra to add a block more text <laughs> it was it's so neat it's so it's very sinister thing to ask a stranger to record in, in hindsight it's just like here is a very 
like <laughs> it's the fact that it just wasn't like hi <laughs> hello i love this it's just do this i left her <laughs> but it wasn't even do this it was just in speech marks and the whole thing and that was it there's no further context i didn't even say in the in the style of uh diana burnwood mission briefing it was just everything she said i wrote down and there was no other information <laughs> She just saw that text and was like, I know what this is. This is so close to actual Hitman writing. I know this. I could do this in my sleep. Uh, yeah. It's just a very, very odd thing. Yeah. You to ask anyone to do. Um, but yeah, I mean, kudos to her. What a super, super impressive. Uh, um, I hope iOS don't come off first for copyright infringement. Nah, people ask for that all the time, as you might expect. Um, plus, you know, she's, uh, she's just, you know sort of like making that dollar and giving people happiness it's a nice service isn't it i was there thinking that's pretty good they also got um david bateson the voice actor of 47 i was so tempted to get him to record something as a kind of sting to this but then i thought do you know what i don't i don't think i can write 47 dialogue as much there's not much of it is there that's the thing with him he wouldn't give I a monologue at the end of a level the bathroom. <laughs> yeah exactly um so yes that was um that was just like the big idea i had of oh wouldn't that be fun if we could do this uh i don't even know if there's any kind of rules stopping us from using it on a podcast i assume she doesn't mind but i'll uh tweet about her i'll tweet out her cameo page anyway just to sort of show support because it it was really <laughs> amazing that she did that so so well so uh yeah and it only cost us four thousand dollars <laughs> okay so matthew what are each of our favourite episodes? I was kind of curious to hear what yours yours were. Um, Zelda's a really obvious one. We just talked about that on the Excel episode. But is there um, any other episode that you have a, an affinity for? Yeah, the, the, the Zelda and Kirby ones I really enjoyed just because, I don't know, like going back into the things I was like reading for them and playing those games, playing like Nintendo games intensively for, for what felt like work and reading the Iwata Asks just put me into the 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 mindset of like being back on the mags for 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 a couple of days you know it felt like oh there was a time where my brain normally functioned like this and had this weight mm. of like nintendo knowledge in it because I'll, I'll be honest it doesn't all the time you know like those episodes are very carefully prepared for you know i couldn't have done that off the cuff um so when people are like wow they t- they know so much about x and you're like <laughs> Yeah, with a bit of, like, on my part, with a, a lot of, like, refreshing and reminding. But, yeah, they were they were good. Yeah, like, I was worried the Zelda one was going to upset people with, like, by sort of bullshit dismissal of Link to the Past. Um, but that's okay. Seems that we're past that. That's probably a, a demographic thing more than anything. Yeah. Other episodes I really liked. Uh, obviously, I love it whenever a guest gives us their time, comes on, but, you know... Not uh, it feels bad to single a couple out, but like the Simon Parkin episode and the Dan Dawkins episode are just absolute, absolutely killer. Mm. We're hoping to have Simon on again next year. We've got um, a good subject in mind, so uh, fingers crossed, it should be good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like with Simon, like you know, I, I know Simon okay from you know events and seeing him at things, but that's probably the longest we've just sort of sat there and talked about something. Oh, yeah, um, I always have this, which was. No, you go for it. I always have this thing in my head as well, like people who I didn't know when I was in the industry, but like had a significant amount more prestige than me, and I have no idea <laughs> what they make of me or what I make. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's, they probably the, the answer is they don't think about you because they've got their own lives to get on with. That's the truth of it. But yeah. I had that element a little bit with Simon, where I'm like, well, I don't really, I've never met. I think maybe I've I met Simon once, very briefly, I think, at like a GMA style event. But like, 
yeah that's it there's that thing of oh i have no idea what he makes of the podcast or whatever will he get what it is and he mm. comes on and he totally does you know and it's just really nice yeah so that was great and 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 likewise with dan obviously dan i've talked to loads you know I used to work with him work with him very closely but even then you know like you know Dan has quite a powerful job now at Future and is, is you know, very, like, business-focused and has all that, and it's just it's just really nice to hear him just, like, revert to sort of PSM Dan mode and be able to talk about all that mad stuff. Like, that's just very sort of satisfying, satisfying to hear and, again, just takes me back to, like, being in the office and hearing those voices and hearing those stories, so... Um, Tim and Dan, very fond of those. yeah. Tim and Dan are both brand directors. They're like borderline execs now. So like, it was right. yeah, it was really cool to have them on. That was uh, that was cool. Yeah, that was cool. Um, well, a couple from you. I've got I've got a few more, but like, wait, oh, break alternate. them up, break them up. Yeah. Um, so the one I the episode I think I did the most research for was the Sonic episode. Like right. I, I did quite a good I think deep dive on the history of the series in that that one. It took maybe slightly more research than I uh, that I wanted it to, but I I did feel like I sort of delivered on it, and it was it was fun to have some to do an episode on something that I think like I was mocking while sort of um, praising at the same time, and that was fun as well because I like episodes where I it leans on something I already know, but then it forces me to learn about something I didn't know, which is I hadn't prop I'd never finished like Sonic CD or Sonic Three and Knuckles, so I just blasted through both those to make that episode, and it was. Um, I think it's really good as a, as a result. I guess like a relatively early one now because I think it was the beginning of last year. The episode with Phil was really good. Phil was a great guest. That was one mm. of our, our like our first proper like deep dive episodes, and I think it was that was properly great. And uh, like Yakuza has just turned into a series that people kind of like really adore. I will say like the a recent one, the XXL we did on Star Wars, Matthew, I thought was one of our best podcasts ever. Like I thought that was <laughs> really really good. I've listened to that a couple of times back, and like I, wow, really? Yeah, I think I think it's because. <laughs> You and I, like, I think because we don't talk about film that much and people don't ask us to, obviously, because we make a games podcast. When we do, we have, like, so many bottled up opinions or, like, years worth of takes to launder. You know what I mean? Um, mm. I love the drafts as well. Do you like the drafts? You're still a big fan of the drafts? I do, yeah, I do like the drafts. I need to have the right drafts. Like, I, the, the drafts are ones which I, I never know how they're going to go. And, like, ones that I sometimes really look forward to don't land quite as well for me. And ones that I'm, like, I have less skin in the game, I end up being, like, way more invested in. Like, I like weirdly, I really enjoyed the, like, the Vita draft. Oh, okay. Um, like, because, but I enjoyed, like, the research and the work. Because I actually had to play quite a lot of stuff because I'd, <laughs> I'd only really dabbled with Vita and PSP. And trying to kind of fill in the gaps so I had some, like, reasonable takes on what I might end up with. Um, that's the other nightmare things with drafts, and we've definitely mentioned this before. But like the the amount of like wasted research in a draft, mm. where you're like prepped to talk about something if you get it, and if you don't get it, fighter. and the <clears throat> other person gets it, you don't want to give, you don't want to be like, yeah, it's amazing because of these reasons. Yeah. Um, and if neither of us picks it, you're like, well, that was <laughs> that was a huge waste of time. <laughs> yeah. There was also the thing where like there's there's a few different elements to balance up with the drafts as well like the the pc the second pc gaming draft i feel like i should have been more of an asshole to you than i was to make a better podcast because the first one was i think people would agree that's one of our best episodes like me losing out on tie fighter is considered like a very good moment but i think that <laughs> because i felt like i felt like in the moment with the second one i was winning i felt as soon as i got half-life and deus ex i thought this is tough for matthew to get out of a little bit I didn't feel like putting the boot in, but afterwards I was thinking, well, 
maybe I should have put the boot in to get a better episode. So there's a there's a little bit of that weighing up that goes on with the podcast. It's not like I'm worried about like upsetting our friendship or anything, but it's like how frosty do I make it? Do I make it unsustainably <laughs> right. frosty? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Well, we 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 both are genuinely thin-skinned. <laughs> I think. It def- like, in some I know ways. we joke about it, but we are like. I I I definitely am, and no offense, I think you are a bit too. No, no, I am, but for some things I am, and then other things I'm yeah. not. Do you know what I mean? Like it's the, the I have pride in weird specific <laughs> stuff, but then things that don't ma- things that should I, matter, I, I, think, I don't have pride in. <laughs> I think we've had bits of those episodes where we've like accidentally or gotten close to genuinely getting under each other's skin. Um, like I really like I genuinely meant it when I said. I felt GameCube had a bigger footprint than Xbox <laughs> in the UK because I didn't know anyone with an Xbox. And, like, that was, like, I think that was a rare moment of, like, a genuine, like, violent disagreement between it's us you, that I actually had to, I had to tone down in the edit. It's because you caught me <laughs> right before I started at Frontier and I was incredibly tense. And, like, it was right or right around the time that happened that uh, I started my new job. And I was like, right, I'm leaving media. I have to fuck it. I have to not fuck this. I have to, like, do it well. And then, like, I was just not in the mood for it on the day. Um, but I had to do it anyway. But then I was also thinking that podcast is so conceptually flawed. Because why did I set the task of doing that when, like, so many of our listeners like the GameCube and people... And the original Xbox didn't sell very well. It was just, like... It was such a fucking uphill battle. I don't know what I was thinking, really. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it good game picks. Yeah. But yeah, probably is fair. Like the thin skin thing is, is true. Someone said like, oh, you're an overweight loser millennial with no house. I wouldn't care if someone said that to me. But if someone said, yeah, I read uh, I read your review of Final Fantasy X HD on PC Gamer. And I've got to say, I thought the text was a bit dry. I'd be like, oh, fucking come around your house and fucking beat you up, you fucking brick. <laughs> like that's... That's where you get under my skin. It's weird and dumb. I don't. Yeah, I don't care about like, meaningful things. Just meaningless things. In in the PC draft, I felt like you were genuinely attached to your Alpha Centauri pick. Yeah. And when people were like just totally disinterested <laughs> in it, I think that genuinely that genuinely pissed you off. I could sense that had like genuinely annoyed you in a way which was quite funny but i was also like i shouldn't needle him on this (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's like how um i I suppose like the the thing that kicked this off was the golden eye perfect dark pick right that was like the first bit of like podcast shithousery that um really went (laughs) really went down in the making of this this podcast and like that i thought First of all, it did expose that yes, we should have done the snake draft from the start. It was actually unfair to do it that way because that was like the snake draft prevents that from happening. Um, yeah, well, it should do, but I think I actually still did it to you again with Mario Galaxy on the GameCube, didn't I? Did that happen? I don't know. Um, oh, just too many bad memories. I've kind of pushed that <laughs> to be honest. So yeah, there's there is that risk sometimes, but I don't know. The other thing is, I do like the drafts, but I do like you. I like them being well researched. So. I think one reason I've put off the Game Boy one in my head that we've talked about doing is that oh, I think that's going to take like a two weekends to like fucking go through that library and properly know what it is, and that's an uphill battle. So um, yeah. yeah, what's some more favourites of yeah, yours? Yeah, because you have to have tw- you have to have two at least two picks for every game, every every category. Yeah, and plus because we want to roll all Game Boy games into one draft. That's Game Boy Advance, Color, and Original Game Boy. Yeah. That's fucking so many games. Um, yeah, that's tough. Yeah, so th- that is that is tough. Yeah, let's just do a simpler draft, shouldn't we? That just doesn't fucking do our nothing. <laughs> Stop making lives so difficult. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, um, what's some more favourites of yours, Matthew? Um, I, I re- actually really like the Mass Effect episode when we talked about like the companion rankings 
I thought that was like again that balance I'm talking about of like just the right amount of like actual knowledge and like where things get hazy is where things maybe get a bit sillier or you can you kind of the half remembered versions of these characters in these stories is often more enjoyable than the actual thing mm. so like you know our just our idea of those characters made me laugh a lot of the time and i think that was the birth of not a horny podcast as well <laughs> oh because you're talking about miranda that's yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's where it came from yeah um yeah that's um, funny because i consider that yeah sorry like, go on yeah i i like i feel like the bioware games are like a, a, a good a good games for us that we actually haven't like lent on a huge amount mm. as well like it's you know that could almost be a kind of a you know a bit like a hitman or yakuza or a you know various nintendo series for us you know it's kind of up there i think yeah yeah just want them to make one good one in the modern age matthew that's all i ask um, yeah it would make it easier <laughs> wouldn't it? uh yeah i still want to do i think ages ago i i mentioned to you wanting to do like a rpg party draft mm. where we build our dream rpg party from like all rpgs so it's like all companion characters and the categories would be like the different classes that you want represented so like you have to have a healer a tank or whatever maybe some like archetypes in there or some other tropes Mm. and you have to kind of hit them all i think that could be that could be really fun i think rpg companions to me are just a endless sort of uh, well well we can do that anytime but as long as you don't mind me picking jrpg ones otherwise i'll struggle to get through that draft oh yeah oh yeah i probably more i probably mean like J- more jrpgs to be honest um that's good who's but... ready for some bad final fantasy 10 impersonations that's what i'll be doing <laughs> um what that you know it's funny you say that then matthew because one of the episodes not to jump the gun here because there's another question i'm going to ask you is an episode i definitely want to do next year is like a dragon age pod similar to the mass effect pod um, and I want to give myself an excuse to play through those games again because uh, I never Ooh. finished Inquisition. I only played the first couple of like sections of it, and then um, I've not played the others for like ten years. So uh, yeah, I think um, an excuse to go back to those and blast through them might be quite fun. It'd be nice if EA just re-released them, but what can you do? They are all on Game Pass, so uh, yeah. Any other favourites, Matthew? There are things that I remember, like weird, weird pockets of conversation rather than like entire episodes. I couldn't even place where they came from. You know, like I can't remember where we talked about our fictional companies and their and their fictional E3s. Oh, that was um, like the game developer draft episode, the first one we did, I think. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, that was that was that was really good fun. I really enjoyed <laughs> all that dark stuff. I really liked the our hitman levels as well which i think was a patreon thing <laughs> yeah it was and i think that um the the diner dialogue at the start about the bath christmas lights was a reference to that episode right like uh oh right yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm afraid like uh, <laughs> i'm afraid that i've used like um money to connect the back page to the hitman law permanently like uh, I've, I've, <laughs> I've created that connection i'm afraid sorry about that um, well that's fine people just people have to deal with it that's a, if you if you aren't a patreon and want an excuse to become one or are a patreon haven't listened to all the patreon episodes that hitman one's uh got some amazing bullshit in it yeah that's good i think uh, both our hitman pods were good and like um i mm. think if we I'm assuming we'll do a second year of Patreon pods, Matthew, but I think we talked about doing something based on the original Hitman games, like the older ones. If we yeah, I, yeah, I think, we'll, you know, maybe our, f- yeah, you know, favourite levels or favourite kills, but from everything pre-2016, um, 
16. Yeah, there was, that, there was um, that one guy on our Discord who was like, oh, this level in like, the original Hitman that no one liked is fucking amazing. And we were like, wow, okay. So uh, we've got all kinds in our Discord. Um, hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what about least favourites, Matthew? Is it? Well, I was going to say that like um, you didn't mention any of the, the best games of the different year episodes. Like, those, those to me are like the kind of hallmark gold standard episodes. Oh for yeah, us. they are good. They are good. They're fucking long, yeah. hard to make, but they are good. Yeah, they they are they are really good. Um, I always get quite stressed out making those though because there's sort of like a lot of like heart versus you know they are all heart choices, but there are some like major sort of brain picks sort of gnawing away at you and you feel like oh i really want to talk about let's tap but that means i can't talk about like something which is a legitimate masterpiece yeah and it it, not not in a kind of contrarian way but you just want the podcast to be more interesting i don't i don't want to stick all the interesting stuff in honorable mentions yeah um so there's a little bit of that. I, they are good though. Um, my only worry is that we get into like as they go on, some of the like life stories around them get a bit bleaker. <laughs> um, I tend to cut those you know, down quite a lot when we put them out though. Like uh, I sort of tend, yeah. to, I tend to keep the jolly bits and like depends if you catch us on the wrong day because when they were started they'd be like, oh, it's a staff writer, blah blah blah, and then it's like 2014. I'm overweight and very sad. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, yeah, yeah. So. Um, yeah, we've got that to look forward to. Uh, I like, and this is just because it 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 um sort of st- sticks with me that it was one of the biggest things I've had. I had to chop down ever in an edit was um the what we've been playing Centennial Files. <laughs> oh yeah, Which, that felt like a, I, it was talk about thin skin. So boring. I have never been more boring <laughs> about a game than I have about the Centennial Files, a game about Japanese mystery mystery writing. Like literally, my dream game. Yeah. Uh, and I, it just broke me. Like I, I could hear you, like sh- sh- like shriveling <laughs> as as we recorded it. I could. It, uh, it was like, oh, I've got to get out of this thing. Like, why can't I find a succinct line on it? I don't know if I'd written my review at the time, so I didn't really have set thoughts. Um, I'm definitely at my worst talking about games that I'm playing for the first time and have yet to like put my thoughts down in words. Yeah, you are. Uh, you are quite interesting, and you're quite careful with your words. Whereas I'm like. I'm definitely more in the in the sort of vein of okay, I've played this. Here's a load of fucking bullshit observations I've come up with on the fly about it, and like, and I'll just fire through those, and then I'll be fine. But you'll be like, okay, we're we're 20 minutes in to the centennial case, like uh, let's <laughs> let's go, lads, kind of thing. Also, you talk about like um, us both being, being thin skinned. When I mentioned the centennial case edit on a subsequent episode, you went, oh fuck off, I don't want to talk about the centennial case anymore, and I was that was really funny. <laughs> Um, I don't know if you remember that, but yeah. Yeah, so like, not, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, yeah, that, that was bad. <laughs> um, sometimes you can be, like, the, the games courts are quite stressful. So the funny thing about games court, a, a, a bit like I was saying with the draft, you never know if they're going to, like, land. Yeah. And the ones you have, like, no faith in end up being really good, and the ones you're excited for end up being bad. And, like, when you're like certain formulas seem to be like appearing out of it and i guess you sort of felt like you were being sort of pandered to it at times in some of the entries which kind of put put made it all feel a bit uneven you know i didn't really know what to do with that you know it's kind of like you almost want something if it's all a bit weird and zany then sort of like none of it sort of stands out it almost needs to have like peaks and troughs 
Um, yeah. So it's, it's... yeah, that's that's one I like wrestle with because I know people really. I know some people really like the format, and like when those episodes like bang, they really bang in a surprising, fun way. But they're also kind of very easy to go wrong. <laughs> Do you think we were bailed out by the pube story in that last one? Do you think that? Oh, one hundred percent. Like it was. There were some good bits. The Lord Brisby thing was pretty funny. I thought, but like, um, yeah, that was good. But I definitely like. I was struggling because that was a Monday night we recorded it, and like, it, I don't blame the listeners for this, but it's really hard to send in a sincere Games Court entry when we're this deep into the Games Court law, you know. So people are kind yeah. of people are trying to play along with it, but you and I just want to hear. Oh, you know, I just bought some like, uh, yeah, I just bought three copies of Chrono Cross for like eight hundred quid or whatever, and we're like, oh, fucking guilty, drowning, Michael Caine, oh no, all that stuff, and so yeah, it's it's hard. I used yeah. to have that. I, I had this when I, I used to do a podcast called The Rotating Platform um, with uh, Mark Green and Alan Madrill on, uh, or formerly of N sixty four and NGC, and um, they we had this section called Game uh, Games Arc. Space Arc, sorry, which was the idea of like we're building a games collection to take into space because the Earth is like failing in the future. It was a kind of a bleak setup. Nice idea. Um, but a lot of people, but a, a, a bit like Games Court, <laughs> most of the magic was in the kind of fictional story of what was happening to Earth and what life was like on the Space Arc. Right, right. And it became more about that than the actual game picks. <laughs> and if it ever like, you know landed a bit flat it was just that whole section was just death yeah you know because <laughs> you're like oh man this is either flying or it's nothing <laughs> um that's that's quite tough like it's it's lovely that people get excited to it and and that's the thing like when people are excited for something you feel like always oh, has to deliver and then you get like very self-conscious about it yeah i think like the last few games courts have all been pretty good like i yeah i can't remember the last one where i thought oh this is a bit weaker because um there was that one where both of us did speeches. I think that was a lot, the one, the first one where I was the judge and I did a speech and you were the lawyer. That was pretty fun, I think. Yeah, my least favourite ones. I think I feel bad any time we've just done a mailbag and it's got nothing else attached. I feel like that's like a bit of a cop-out. People do enjoy yeah. the mailbags, but I do like that now... We did that 90s Games Mag quiz. That was really fun. We comboed that with the game, with the, <laughs> with letters. That was fun. We could do that again at some point. And we also we do the What We've Been Playing Now, which tends to, have where the, uh, tends to be where the listener questions go. But do you think that's a cop-out doing a mailbag, Matthew? <laughs> uh, no, I mean, like, some people like the format and some people like to have the interaction. And, and again, like, you occasionally get a question which just triggers something and is is like gold or you know I, i'm always happy to answer questions about what it was like to be on mags or like not to be wanky elements of the craft mm. you know <laughs> like you know i love i'm you know love love talking about all that stuff um but yeah i think we sometimes like force the deep lore a bit too much yeah that possibly is true um, so yeah, what about the Destiny episode, Matthew? You big fan of that one? You listened to all of that? Uh, I haven't listened <laughs> to that. <laughs> yeah, as uh, I, I like making uh, people might notice by now. It's like a recurring joke of mine to point out that Matthew hasn't listened to the Destiny episode and that he probably wouldn't enjoy it if he did. That's like uh... I'm sure it's great, and I'm eternally thankful to uh, to Phil for stepping in uh, and Jeremy for stepping in the week before. Like I'm really glad we have this like unbroken record. You know that it wasn't finally me that broke the the release schedule oh so I, was, I was ready i had the one man on a musha two pod in my back pocket matthew that was uh <laughs> it was always there um 
So yeah. what's the episode you still really want to do more than any other? Again, I mentioned it a couple of times. Like My brother does this fantasy review draft thing with his friends. Mm. We're at the start of the year. They basically draft the games that are coming out that year. And then at the end of the year, it's like they add like all the metacritics of those games together. Yeah. So it's like what you think is going to perform best, which I know is like slightly like almost morally murky waters when I still contribute to scores and things. <laughs> Not that I can make that much of a dent, but like he, my brother, whenever I see him, he will inevitably nag me about I scored one of his games too low or I scored one of his friend's games too high or he'll be like, you know, oh, I, you know, I saw you previewed X game, you know, how's that How's that shaping up? <laughs> you try and get the inside skinny. Not that he can actually change anything. Like, they, they get a few opportunities through the year to, like, redraft or, like, get in a couple of games, which if games get announced, you can kind of, like, bid for them with a pot of money. It um, sounds really complicated. But I kind of like the idea of that. <laughs> sounds really complicated, I'm going to be honest. It does sound complicated, but I think a, a sort of simplified version where we just pick like what we think are the things because the other thing that they do is they bet against you bet against a couple of games Mm. where like the worse they do the more points you get okay uh and because that's the other thing if you if you pick a game if you bet against a game that then does really well it absolutely nukes you and i just like i like that idea of like Again, I mean, it's shady territory when I review <laughs> games and you work for a publisher, which is probably why we won't end up doing this. Uh, <laughs> no, I'd like to, I'd like to the, try something I like new. the idea of us looking at across the year and going, yeah, I think that's the one that's going to, like, pivot. <laughs> well, we finally figured out why Matthew gave Splatoon a three out of five. That's good. Just oh, to... well, hardly. I mean, that's 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 done. Gang- I think he did have that, and he sent me an angry <laughs> text saying, oh, screw you. You know, and it's like, well, it doesn't matter because everyone else said it's the same game, ten out of ten, because you know that's what we do in this day and age. <laughs> that's good. The important thing is that no one's bitter about it. That's what matters. No, I'm not bitter about it. Um, I, I get another one. I really like to do is uh, I, I'd love to do a, a massive PS2 redraft with special guests. Yeah, it's like it feels like the because all the people we want on that one have kids. That's like the tough part isn't it um but maybe we're overthinking it we just need to grab some people i don't know um, yeah but like, like that library so rich that two people can never really push each other into the danger zone no but i think if you did if you did it with four people i think then all of a sudden you are actually in the realms of you are going to start missing out on some good stuff um yeah, that's true um like the mind games has become way more interesting than than with two people like some of the platforms we've done you know <laughs> it's quite hard to get two games saying that i did pick fucking red faction in my ps2 <laughs> draft so like <laughs> yeah I, I i pushed into that territory when there was only one person god knows what i'd do <laughs> with two others there <laughs> yeah that's the thing like there is like um there's i would say there's about 30 like 10 or 9 out of 10 ps2 games like the like the seminal ones and then like yeah after that it's like you have eight out of tens basically like about a hundred of them um like it's weird like the ps2 does have amazing games but like it's not an infinite supply when you properly get down to it and like when you're doing draft Mm -hmm. picks you still want those flagship games that represent a genre like you know silent hill 2 will always be a better pick than silent hill 3 but silent Mm -hmm. hill 3 is still a great and interesting game and so and silent hill 4 might be an interesting pick for someone so like 
the problem is where it becomes like oh i've got the one silent hill game that everyone fucking bangs on about and therefore that's the only one and then someone's like i've picked fucking dragon ball budokai three or whatever and you're like oh god this has all gone wrong um so, but i would like to do it for sure because yeah there's i think there's loads we missed out i don't think either of us picked did either of us pick akami or god hand i don't know i think i picked god hand but i don't think anyone picked akami yeah. for example and uh would you include Red Faction in the hundred games which are eight out of ten? <laughs> well, do you know what? I don't have a problem with Red Faction. I, I don't think it's like okay. great, but I think it's like I consider it like a launch era shooter. Like I don't think of it as like. But I suppose what is an essential shooter on PS2? Like there aren't that many. Yeah, well, this is it. It's pre. It's before the FPS gets really good. I mean, you did you pick Time Splits two in one draft? You did, didn't you? There was a craven attempt to to win favor. Um, <laughs> if I recall. Um, that's the one FPS on PS2 that's really worth a damn. But then I'd probably remix the categories if we did it again to like completely change them so we don't pick the same just the same stuff. Like I might do something yeah. like light gun shooter or something like that and pick vampire Ooh. vampire knight. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So yeah, like that that would be good. Is there any other kind of drafts you sort of had in mind you want to do? Three sixty draft at some point when we're a bit further out from the um, best games of different year episodes. Yeah, though though again, like almost like PS2, almost too big. Maybe a maybe a guest needed. Yeah, that's good. It would be good to just like, maybe we should dip our toe in the water of like having three people do a draft and then see where we end up, like having Jeremy on or something. Poor Jeremy, just yeah. Cause... Oh, just put, put. I just feel bad about pulling poor decent Jeremy <laughs> into the middle of our bullshit. Uh, like like coming into a games court is one thing. Coming into you know, secretly quite vindictive draft is another. Yeah, I suppose so. But then, like, some of them really do end up being quite fun and sort of throwaway. Um, but, yeah. You almost want someone else who is very thin-skinned. <laughs> like, because that's where the magic lies, is someone getting genuinely upset. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I think, like, PS3 and 360 drafts are ones we'll do at some point, like, in the future. PS4 and Xbox One are just too boring, I'm afraid. Like, you look at the library and it's just... It gets too homogenised by that era because you've got digital downloads and stuff. So it's just not yeah. not quite as colourful and fun. But we might do... Maybe we'll do more genre ones, uh, Matthew. And, like, you mentioned the companion draft there. Like, that's mm. the sort of thing we might do. We might go a bit more cross-genre, cross-games, cross, like, ideas and games or something. Mm. Yeah. Uh, usually Naka draft. You don't want to step on the toes of IGN UK do, like... They build, like, a Frankenstein game which is kind of like a draft. Right, right. Where they draft elements to make a game in a genre. So like an open world game, you know, like they each have to pick a city mm. and then they each have to pick like a celebrity voice talent to voice the game or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, you know, don't want to tread on their toes. Exactly. Um, a few more pods I'd like to do. I'd like to do a Metroid Games episode, Matthew. Um, yeah. That'd be cool to do with Jay next year. I want to do an episode with Jay about how to make a video game from start to finish because I think that'd be really good. That's um, mm. uh, yeah. I don't really want to make the Digimon games episode. By the way, that was a, a joke. Um, Dragon Age, uh, Witcher. <laughs> I'd like to do something on Witcher at some point. Again, that's going to require yeah. a lot of like replaying and stuff. But like, um, there is a next gen version coming out soon, so a good excuse. Yeah, just those and a load more sort of like um, sort of bullshit. Really, I'd like to do more Hall of Fames. Like, get some. We'll probably do a Kojima Hall of Fame at some point, but probably a bit further out mm. from the Metal Gear episode that we did. Um, I think mm. it would be quite fun to talk about some of his other games a little bit. Yeah, and I think in December we're going to do a Final Fantasy VII pod, Matthew, to um, Mark Ooh. Crisis Core coming out. And uh, I can steer on that one where you make wry remarks on the side. So that should be good. So, <laughs> Matthew, to um, we have a few fun things to close out the podcast. So it's 100th episode, and we're going to reveal some of the other titles we had for the name of the podcast because... 
there was a spreadsheet once upon a time where we tried to come up with names for this the back page was your suggestion and i thought it was really good um for reasons i've uh, mentioned before it kind of alludes at the looking back nature a little bit there's a magazine element to it and you know the back page is where you found all the jokey bullshit in the mag so so it was perfect perfect title i thought there's a football podcast called the back page podcast as well yeah and this one which i think we managed to muscle out of like seo <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i think it's like australians yelling at each other about sports and that's what it is um so yeah so some of these other titles matthew um should i read this first one because i think it was mine yeah this was yours i never knew if this was real or not this was kind of a joke but um it actually like tallies <laughs> quite nicely with like what the podcast became um, my first <laughs> yeah. one I put in there was the Thick with Two C's Old Games Magazine Men podcast. Um, now, you know, I don't sort of like, again, me using Thick is probably a bit embarrassing there, but it was just to kind of kick us off, you know? There are no bad ideas. It was 2020, it was ages ago. Exactly. We all fucking been indoors for like eight months, just like watching Westworld. We just lost our shit, do you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> this next one I think was yours, Matthew. Uh, the back section. <laughs> the back section. Oh dear. Well, like the back section of a mag. Yeah, I suppose like the thing is, the back page is still not strictly a video games thing, right? So, yeah, it just made the me back laugh. section. That's that's a magazine term. Yeah, the back section. Um, it's the back section of the mag. It's like where all the random shit goes, which is what this podcast is. I think these are all yours, actually, Matthew. Do you want to read out your next one? <laughs> free gifts. <laughs> <laughs> is that a reference to the shady? free gifts thing maybe we should have called it like worth seven pounds or whatever um that joke no is. i like well free gifts because podcasts are free yeah and it's not like anymore. a gift to you <laughs> got some by the paywall now they're not free yeah um back compact chat <laughs> i quite like that but it's uh it does it's it's too retro you were just worried about it being too retro weren't you so yeah that was that well that was yeah i had that i also just had backwards compatible because <laughs> that was the classic thing of like Pick a gaming term, yeah. and your podcast is just called that. Like that seems to be a way of doing it. You know, well, actually, now less the case, but that used to be the kind of cliche, wasn't it? Of just like take a take a thing and you know insert credit or something, and that would do the job. Polygon, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, um, update required, <laughs> which I think is good. I actually really like. That's probably my second favorite. Uh, please restart system. I should have gone with yeah. yeah, which I think is exactly what you said to me when I originally pitched. Oh, this. really? Like the same, oh no, yeah. that's so bad. I'm just making the same jokes I did two years ago. <laughs> Not too. Well, I like the idea of like it re- refers to you know the the what happens a lot in games. You put a game in and it needs to change, and also like that we're a bit older and like we need to update. Like we're we're not cutting edge anymore. <laughs> I don't know. Gosh, we're only in our 30s. Jesus. Yeah, but well, but yeah, but in gaming, in gamer years, that's like old as fuck. Well, just because we don't go to um, TwitchCon and fucking talk about Warzone on TikTok, where it makes us ancient. I fucking play, you know, like <laughs> Tiny Ken. Do you know what I mean? I've, I play Immortality. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just what all the kids are into, <laughs> Tiny Ken. I don't know why I went with that one. I thought, I've not even fucking played that. Play Norco. The kids love Norco, Matthew. Have you have you cried streaming Stray? Uh, no, that's, that's true. A true. That's a true sign that you're a youngster. Is Stray a good game or meme? That's like a big question that I've had um, before I pick it up. Have, do you know? Have you decided, Matthew? You've got a cat, haven't you? You like cats? Yeah, yeah. It's like it's fine. Like it's fine. Right, right. Um, you know, it's quite nice. The cat looks quite nice, mm-hmm. but it is a little bit like 
the cat game. Right, right. Um, yeah, fair. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's one meaningless thing to say. It's a little bit like the cat game. <laughs> this has turned back into one of our skits from the beginning of this episode. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. The Stray Podcast. Uh, the last one was uh, Patch Notes Podcast, <laughs> which that was a real grasping at straws of, oh, this is a gaming term that hasn't been used elsewhere. Patch, I was thinking patch notes, upgrades, all that kind of stuff. I think Backpage was the right name. I think so, yeah. Um, I think like I did put Jesus Christ at the end of that list in this document we're using. Um, those are, those are fine. Like the thing is that I couldn't really think of anything good, um, because I think any ev- all the good titles are sort of taken. You know, um, I always thought like GameSpy was a great name for a uh, like a website. I always loved that. Uh, just you know, just really Ooh. straightforward. Has game in the title, but. Yeah, you don't want it to be too generic. The back page in- implied the print media thing. It was the right choice, but um, yeah, could have come with some more like contemporary terms like enter rest mode, uh, Matthew, and things like that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> well, they, it came. Well, that's the thing. This period where we were coming up the name was the slightly like nervous period where neither of us wanted to say anything which would be ridiculed by the other, and you know we hadn't got used to like working with each other. Like we were friends, and all of a sudden it was kind of having to put. I'm not saying you put much on the line by suggesting the name, but you didn't want to suggest something so bad that the other person was like, oh, this person's a fucking idiot. I don't want to make a podcast with them. Oh. Like, look how bad their names are. Um, so every one of these names was, like, entered with extreme trepidation. But, like, from, this is kind of a lesson from personal history. Like, um, I always think that it's better to suggest a bad idea than, like, not suggest an idea at all and shoot other people's ideas down. Like, um anyone i've ever worked with like that i just just can't be doing with them because like i think if you if you're gonna like shoot something down you have to at least counter suggest something that's like as good as it you know what i mean that's like a good rule of thumb so that's yeah. why i didn't really make fun of them it's i'm only laughing at them now because we're doing episode 100 but like um <laughs> no but i remember at the time typing these in being like oh god i know this sucks <laughs> but you know hey, i've got i've got to contribute something hey, it got <laughs> us to where we were going so that's all that matters yeah. um so one last thing I was going to ask Matthew before we get into the, uh, I suppose something we promised a long time ago. We'll we'll talk about that in a second. But like, um, what's your favorite video game of all time? That felt like a good thing to ask on episode one hundred. Something substantial. Something that's not like a comedy skit. Something that's not a load of self indulgent wank about podcasts you may or may not have listened to. Like, um, what's your favorite mm. game of all time? You know, annoyingly, it you know it changes all the time, which I know is a bit of a cliched answer. Yeah. And it tends to be what was like pulled to the forefront of my mind most recently. Mm. It's a bit skewed at the moment because I did, uh, you know, a lot of reading and a little bit of replaying for the Zelda episode. Yeah. Basically, whenever we talk Zelda, I come out of it on a huge Zelda high, mm. convinced that I love every Zelda game and that's all I'll ever love and that's all I'm interested in. So, like, right now. I would probably say Breath of the Wild. Right, right, yeah. Yeah. Which isn't it's just such a boring it's such a boring pick, but it's also like sort of you know, a totally sincere pick. And it's something I said in that in that Patreon episode about the nature of that game and how it is you know, it's an adventure and exploration space. The actual sort of fi- finite structure of that game is is kind of the least important bit of it. Like, going into that game and it having a beginning and a middle and an end um, isn't really why it exists. Mm. And because of that, it's, like, something you can always go back to and it's always, like, ready and waiting for you. Which, even with, like, Mario Galaxy, is entirely true. Like, Mario Galaxy, for me, is 
it's not necessarily like a dip in and play the occasional galaxy you know it's going for the whole experience you know i love that the the overall rush of the thing is what i love about rare galaxy where actually i'm increasingly learning to cherish breath of the wilds total flexibility and the fact that it's quality no matter when or how you approach it yeah that's um that's a good way of looking at it and i think i punish it slightly for it being trapped on my wii u and my save game well that's yeah there is there is that too (laughs) that's yeah that's that's unfortunate and it's just that like i i really love my switch at the moment you know i i love the the oled switch i was playing a lot of games in bed when i was ill with covid and it made me feel like extra in love with it and i've played some great other switch games on it so just everything gets a few bonus points Mm. um but you know i'd say normally like you're talking about breath of the wild versus mario galaxy one and two um I'd say it's been Mario Galaxy 1 or 2 more than it's been Breath of the Wild, but right now it's Breath of the Wild, if that makes sense. It makes sense, yeah. Yeah, it's good. What about you? Uh, so, I, I was th- I, like you, I sort of um, ping-pong with this, because sometimes I think that when I'm giving an answer to a question like this, I feel the need to show myself as being slightly, like, I don't know, to be to have some substance to my answer, to sound slightly intellectual, just pick something that's kind of systems-y and intelligent and, like, not something right. really daft or something that I just like, you know, love on a very like pure sort of level. But I think mm. like the older I get, the less I care about that side of things. And like, you know, this yeah. podcast has laid bare every bullshit take I've got from Resident Evil 6 being better than Resident Evil 7 to, you know, any <laughs> any kind of crap you can name has come up on this podcast. So I think that like, I'd love to say, I'd love, you know, Breath of the Wild is definitely up there. And like Sekiro is definitely up there. You know, it was like a recent thing I became like, you know, besotted mm. with. But and like Sekiro is the one I'd pick if I wanted to sound like, ooh, you know what I mean? Like, oh, that guy plays games. He knows modern games or whatever. But I yeah. really think that over time, it always comes back to Final Fantasy X. I just love that game more than any other game. And like, it's it's such a comfortable world to slip into. Um, I've just played, I've played through that game at least like eight times. Like just, I've seen it from start to finish so many times and... I know it's world so well. Um, I've got save games on every single format from PC, Vita, Switch, PS4. I've got different saves on all those formats, which is wow. really absurd. Um, and so, yeah, I'm just, I'm just such a, it just it was the the game that really defined. Just ahead of GTA 3, it was the game that defined owning a PS2 for me and like my teenage years. And so, it's just got a permanent place in my affections. It was the first Final Fantasy I properly played, and then I went and played the rest of them off the back of that. So. Yeah, it's mm. ten, um, which means after all these years, I'm still out here defending Blitzball, which is really unforgivable. But um, do, you, do you play Blitzball every time you replay? I sometimes just uh, ju- play it just to play Blitzball, Matthew. I'll just be like, "Oh, load in, have a wow, quick, okay. quick game of Blitzball." No one likes Blitzball apart from me. But yeah, it's uh, it's yeah that that for people who don't know is like an underwater football style game um, that is like kind of like an RPG RPG football game, but the um, it's actually like one of the most poorly explained mini games of all time and incredibly hard to follow <laughs> and the game makes a very poor decision to make you lose a game during the story um before you actually, as your first experience of actually playing it so it's um one of the worst introductions to a mini game ever but um i eventually understood it because i just plunged my hands into the filth of blitzball and properly understood it matthew so 10 yeah it's final Fantasy 10 yeah 
Wow. Yeah, there you go. So. Complete with the shoe puff. <laughs> yeah, rides the shoe puff. I've got so many, like, um, so much bullshit dialogue <laughs> from that kind of, like. Uh, go on, give us, give us some of the other classics. Oh, God. Oh, maybe I don't. Maybe I was lying. Maybe I was lying all along. Um, God, what else is there? You've never even played it. <laughs> oh, hi, I'm Tudus. Yeah, that doesn't sound very convincing, does it? There's, uh, oh, God, why am I struggling with this? There's a, like, Oren says, enough, when he, like, knocks a guy out of the arena with his big, powerful shooting star attack. That's the thing that someone who likes nice. Final Fantasy that's, that's, That sounds like a very lived-in anecdote. I'll take it. Yeah, that's it. Like, uh, I could do, like, impressions of Kamari, but the thing is, the dialogue isn't funny, so it's like, uh, just, there wouldn't be any value in it. I'd just be, just be empty calories for this podcast. <laughs> the guy who says shoe puff is whatever the word is 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 funny yeah like i'll still say that to Catherine. i this <laughs> this i played all this through with Catherine. is the only time i've played it yeah so you know we have our own little a few little in jokes from this so yeah yeah that's quite nice she really loves this game too i think like what i love about this game is it really appealed to my very teenage kind of like um our religion sucks attitude which is you know the whole thing of the game is basically there's a fake religion to safeguard this never-ending torment upon the world that subjugates people into worshipping that religion. It's a cycle they maintain, which is a really like bleak, bleak right. depiction of religion. I was super into that at the time, and I think there is just a really mournful tone that persists throughout this one. Just a sense of like there is going to be a great sacrifice at the end of this in order to actually succeed, which mm. I don't even think like the other. I guess you have to say it was seven because Aerith dies. But like here, it's something that follows your entire journey. That you know someone, someone is going to have to die in order to make this happen, basically. So um, to destroy this big fucking whale that's got a city on it and a city inside it. Very confusing sin, isn't it? Um, okay, so Final Fantasy X. That's mine. I'm sure I'll talk about it again at some point, Matthew, when we do a Final Fantasy pod. So to end, we did promise a long time ago, Matthew, that for episode fifty, we were going to read out some bullshit we did in magazines years ago so for context i'll explain my one matthew then you can explain yours so um when i was 19 i went and saw gta 4 for the first time um i think it was like one of the first ever sort of like showings of it basically they showed us two missions and then i had to come back and in half a day write an eight page or maybe ten page feature and so I had to come up with box outs for every single spread, which are those little boxes you see in magazines. Um, they populate the uh, the mag to kind of give it a bit more design oomph, you know. It's a bit bit rude to um, submit a feature without any box outs. All you'll do is really make an editor incredibly angry and never use Ooh. you again. Bit little freelance tip there. Um, so for Play Magazine in GTA 4 preview, I wrote this, um, what I would describe as Nico Bellic fan fiction, where I basically took the events that we'd seen in the preview, which is all I knew about GTA 4 at that point, and wrote a diary in first person of Nico's experiences at Liberty City. And mm. for your for your amusement, I'm going to read that out. But Matthew's got um, a similar uh, article to read too, right? Yeah, I, I, I've, I've got the copy. I haven't looked at it in years. So I, I in my head, it's terrible. Maybe it's great. Who knows? Yeah, that's the thing. I've got a terrible feeling that mine's going to be like 10 times worse than yours and i'm gonna look like an absolute fucking idiot but well you know that's the, that's podcasting. That's the, the risk we run that's yet. it you know you make fucking two grand a month you've got to got to eat some shit sometimes so i'll just go grab the mag one sec i've not looked at this in years blows dust cursed ghosts um, uh, wail from between the pages <laughs> oh i think i had to d- discard i think i had to get this out of the plastic packaging and discard an ancient dvd cover mounted dvd for this okay so before i read this just to very make this very clear 
I only did this because I felt I had no choice. I think I was encouraged to do it by the editor, not to pin it entirely on him. And despite writing this, this was sent to press this way, so keep that in mind. Jesus, it's so long, there's so much of it. Okay. My Day in Liberty City, told from the perspective of Nico Bellic. <laughs> oh, God, this is already so bad. Uh, Come on, it's fine. 5.03am, I'm in Star Junction, a fabled and vain part of this city. Fuck me, I was reading Frank Miller Batman at the time, clearly. Um, <laughs> the li- All right, Rorschach. Oh, this is so bad, Matthew. Oh. Come on. Okay, um, the lights of modern civilization try to cover the negatives, but I see them clearly with my own tired eyes. Jesus Christ. <laughs> This is only one entry out of seven. Um, I should meet McReary. He knows things about me. Unsavory things that aren't helpful elements of my past. That's so poorly written. Holy shit. He may own me for now, but it won't be forever. I arranged to meet him at Castle Gardens, but I will meet little Jacob first for guns at Rotterdam Hill. The taxi service is a mere whistle away. Jesus Christ. Okay, that was that was the first one. There are six more, I think. I like the combination of incredibly specific like location <laughs> details and like poetry filler. Yeah. Oh dear. These really are like Frank Miller Batman captions as well. Just so cringe. There's so many more to go. Oh. 8.25 a.m. I take the cab to Twat, an internet cafeteria, and I find the irony of that title a little amusing. Jesus Christ. <laughs> this this is a pleasant break in events. I owe another favour. This time to a man who wants Goldberg dead. He is a lawyer, a different class of scum, and he co-owns a firm called Goldberg Ligner Scheister. Again, your point about very specific details. <laughs> I, t- I took a job interview, seeing it as the best way to get him alone. I send my CV via email and wait for a confirmation call, arranging it for this evening. This should be easy, dot, dot, dot. 10.10am. God, why, where did these times come from? It's made it up. Um, <laughs> I meet McGreary at Castle Gardens. The bastard treats me like dirt, but I shrug it off. No need to antagonise him. <laughs> the Statue of Happiness is glistening in the glorious hanging sun, and I breathe in the fresh air of my mad surroundings what does that mean the, the goals are set and i have the tools for the job this is a necessity i don't know what I'm, what the this is in that sentence <laughs> scum like mccreary can only go so long without taking a fall i leave while checking my guns for the task ahead thanks little jacob you are handy oh <laughs> okay uh, you having fun you having fun there buddy oh man um 11.30. Remember, I was not the editor of the magazine. If someone submitted this to me as the editor, I would have fucking like, blacklisted them. Um, 11.31am. I'm in the location. Doesn't say what location. And McGreary rings. I will pose as a man representing McGreary, he says, and he gives me the target's phone number so I can determine his position. I ring, uh, stall him while I search before I spot the man on the bench. Oh, this is like a different mission, I guess, but I didn't explain that. Yeah. <laughs> I verify, wait for him to hang up, and then I move. This environment is open, but I cannot help it. The odds against me are spiralling. This won't be easy. I run to him, see a brief look of fear, and shoot him in the face. The chase begins. I assume this is the chase of the police. Um, 2.05pm. It's over. Escaping wasn't easy, but I pray it will go down as a mere casualty with the law enforcement. Jesus, what does that mean? They were overbearing, <laughs> tactical. This is a city that has seen more awful crimes than the one I committed today. It's time to visit Perseus, a tailor, to prepare the <laughs> <laughs> Wow. 
that's what a gear change. <laughs> Like, wow, I've never seen a city in such the grip of such uh, war. Ah, oh, but off to, to the clothes shop. Yeah. <laughs> We're just Perseus. The, oh, the, the prices are extortionate, but I've been working hard enough to cover it. That's good, good to know, isn't it? Cheers, Nico. Um, I have the shoes. I have the appropriate ammunition. To Mr. Goldberg, something wicked this way comes. Jesus Christ. Um, okay, last one. Oh, thank God. Got to the end of this. Uh... 4.59pm, the receptionist allows me to go through, possibly because of my efforts with the attire. This city is obsessed with appearance and veneer. That's got the same meaning, so that's fucking poor writing. Anyway, I find myself facing Goldberg, a pompous man who has lived too richly. Without remorse, I end his life soon after the interview begins. He liked my CV, though, in brackets. That's all right. Um... Yeah. Out the window he falls, and the receptionist spots me. Retrieving the files I need, I make my way to escape, only to find a swelling amount of justice <laughs> blocking the way. <laughs> the police are outside, helicopters are spiralling oh, no. overhead. It's a, what a swelling of justice that we refer to when we see multiple police all together. Uh, the police are outside, helicopters are spiralling overhead. Will my story end here? Well, why would he have written the entry if that was what was happening? So I've got to put, got to put my diary down because I've been shot at. Um, that's it, Matthew. I... Listen, I, I can see what you were going for. Yeah. And, like, I can't... Yeah, I, you know, a little bit of Travis Bickle in there. I was 19 years old. She was only 19 years old. I was not. Yeah, I was 19 <laughs> years old, Matthew. Yeah. I didn't know any better. Um, I wouldn't have, like, kept that in the mag if I was the editor, but I guess it was sent on PDF deadline day, so mistakes or yeah it's like oh man you've really you've really put me in a spot here but <laughs> there you go. i haven't got anything better so i guess off to print yeah. it goes i've got nothing better than swelling of justice so uh yeah i mean that's that's pretty right <laughs> yep so uh yeah was t- oh, so there you go i've uh debased myself for the listeners matthew it's, now it's your turn but i bet yours will be loads better oh no so yeah i have i haven't been able to look at this because it's in my head it's it's terrible i wrote a hotel dusk uh, review. I I th- I thought I wrote it first person, but I it it's maybe a very confusing extended metaphor about a game being a mysterious dame. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> now the shoes on the other foot, my friend. Yeah, no. I can't imagine that. What's his face? We'll talk about swelling of justice, though. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. So this is my ho- This is a review of Hotel Dusk. So it's both a narrative and. Also a piece of analysis. <laughs> the end gamer Gumshoe shuffled over to his desk and sunk into his swivel chair. Casting his tired eyes across his DS case files, he uttered a sigh of resignation. The cases were the same old story. Movie licensed dames with run-of-the-mill movie license problems. Collect some tokens for me. Battle my unresponsive controls. What was the point? And that's when she walked in. No ordinary broad. <laughs> this is like already ten times better than mine. Fuck you. Why is yours so good? <laughs> no ordinary broad. A sassy dame dripping with style. Her name, Hotel Dusk Room 215. From the moment he met her, he knew she was special. She was frank and forward. Oh my word. There's some ropey stuff in this. Right, okay. Keep going. She was frank and forward, demanding to be rough handled. <laughs> oh gosh. Cancelled. 
I don't know if this is going to like descend into misogyny so quickly, Matthew. Oh, but it's mimicking a style. I know it is. I know it is. It's like an old style. <laughs> but, but this is where, like, the metaphor instantly becomes mad, right? right. She was frank and forward, demanding to be rough-handled, turned on, <laughs> turned on her side and read like a book <laughs> across the DS's two screens. <laughs> This is the gumshoe's first indicator that he was dealing with one literature savvy dame. Jesus. Stop saying dame and broad, Matthew Castle of 2009. <laughs> Bred on a diet of dime novels and pulp fiction, well versed in Spillane and Chandler. The second indicator was the sordid story she had to tell. The tale of an ex-cocktailed salesman hawking cleaning products by day with a tidy little sensitive material retrieval service on the side. Oh my god, this is really long. Hers was no ordinary hero. Carl Hyde was a smart-mouthed cynic, intent on sneering at life from his home at the bottom of a bottle. He's not an alcoholic in the game. I don't even know where the fuck I got that from. I guess because they normally are in films, you know. Yeah, but it's what bullshit. <laughs> With every cruel jibe and act of shrugged indifference, the endgamer gumshoe warmed to Hyde. He was the first truly adult character they had counted in an age, the perfect foil to the usual bright and breezy sunshine and buttercup Nintendo types. Turning up at the titular getaway, Hyde had never expected to find such a twisted web of mystery, but within minutes he had already encountered a woman with one eye, a mysterious figure from his NYPD past, an enigmatic Stephen King-esque writer, and a hotel suite that allegedly granted wishes. Merging the best of Philip Marlowe's put-downs with the cherry pie-flavoured mystery of Twin Peaks, this was the most enticing case to land in Endgamer's lap for a long time. Baffling anachronism there with Twin Peaks. Yeah. (laughs) Uh... It oh god, <laughs> mega cancelled. It was then the gumshoe realised how ravishing the dame looked. Why do I keep saying dame? <laughs> That's not very you because you are not like you are like the most like reserved, pretty down the line PC chap I know. So yeah, I, yeah. Uh, it was then the gumshoe realised just how ravishing the dame looked. Sure, he'd spent time with the text-heavy point-and-click adventures in the past. That cheap GBA ported floozy Phoenix Wright for one. <laughs> <laughs> but none could compare to this beauty. Her characters were drawn in a black and white penciled style ripped straight from a graphic novel, brought to life with jittery staccato animation, as if the pencils struggled to keep up with the huge range of character quirks and facial expressions each figure was blessed with. She was achingly stylish, a rare looker in a world too often populated by cold, static manga. Deep down, the endgame of Gumshoe felt a pang of worry. Had he fallen... He had fallen for beauties in the past, but these had been flash-in-the-pan affairs, rarely home to the intelligence... This is so awful. Rarely home to the intelligence he yearned for in an adventure-puzzling broad. (laughs) I see. Really stretching the metaphor there. Oh, this is terrible. The worst bit was when I talked about coming in the office and I turned her on her side and read her like a book. (laughs) Rough handling her, Matthew. Oh, dear. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, reams and reams of nuanced dialogue could spill out of her, bubbling with character and not limited to mere plot progression. No matter how mysterious or tense the atmosphere grew, someone was always ready and willing to talk about children's television, state preparation or the chores of motherhood. Human speech captured perfectly in its shambolic glory. It was clear from the amount of talking she did that she wasn't seeking quick bursts of action, but rather she wanted to take things easy, a real slow burner. Her tale was set over... Why? Do, it's such a bad metaphor, like, a woman is a game. How many pages is it's this? It's just two. Okay, right. Tiny font. 
Her tale was set over the course of a single night at the hotel, but placing such temporal and spatial constraints on her story, she evoked a sophisticated level of intimacy. By night's end, the end game of Gumshoe had explored Hotel Dusk's every nook and cranny, and any door unopened further fed his curiosity. I'm going to skip some of this, because it's just me banging on about this. The metaphor just gets tired. <laughs> da, 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 da. I didn't get to skip going to the fucking suit shop after having a shootout with the police. (laughs) (laughs) There's a very confusing bit where I talk about another code as another person. Oh, God, that's hard work. It was satisfying but vaguely familiar, and that's when it hit the gumshoe. He had met this dame before, one and a half years ago, back when she went by the name of another code. It was so obvious to him now. Both were developed by Singh. <laughs> Both employed the same slightly irritating form of bloopy lift music jazz. Hell, Hotel Dusk even recycled another code's ingenious DS lift closing, uh, DS lid closing puzzles and dust disposing mic blowing challenges. Last time they met, it was a whirlwind romance, an intense puzzling blast solved in a disappointing three hours. But now she was ready for a more, more meaningful 13-hour relationship. <laughs> sure, she occasionally lapsed into another code tricks, forcing unnecessary back-and-forth item collection and having players solve a pointless memory death to get to the next chapter, but some habits are hard to kick. And for her sheer storytelling pizzazz, he was willing to forgive her. What had irritated before was lost in a swirl of fascinating events and the urge to see it through to the end. She was a changed woman, mature, engrossing, and infinitely better dressed. Yes, she was a game to die for. Oof. Now, I don't think that's like nearly as bad as mine. Um, I. It's so confusing. It's really like. It's the problem is. I think it would have been fine to do this like maybe an extended intro, but because it's the entire review. Um, yeah that's like it just means that you have to keep pulling it in more and more tenuous directions yeah it's the bit where i said i rough handled her turned her on a side and opened her up like a book it's just fucking mad that's one of the maddest things i ever <laughs> i can't believe that went through well, a production editor and my editor I think that's one of those things where it's like well you know games media standards did change for the better in like a lot of ways and you know but it wasn't written yeah just well, you wouldn't you wouldn't write that now but like, I, I just mean in ter- no. not not the actual words, but I just mean the tone of it. Like, it's these were like male-dominated <laughs> mags. We talked about this before, so like, it's not implausible. And I, I can see what you're going for. And I actually think that a lot of the observations you made were really good in the in the language of the. <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah, don't worry, buddy. It's good. Um, is your last window <laughs> review just as uh, just as accomplished? No, that was that was like really to the point. Yeah. I I don't think I ever wrote another big gimmicky review like that. Um. I became, I think when I read it back, I just cringed myself inside <laughs> out when I got the issue back and was like, I'm never doing that again. Yeah. Like, yeah. I can't really think of many gimmick reviews <laughs> like that that do land. Like, whenever I see someone do it, I'm like, yikes. Even the best writers, I'm like, oh, bad, bad and embarrassed, and I'm embarrassed for you. Uh, it's tough. So It's tough, because, like... It is tough, but, you know, if you're going to be a, you know, break some moulds, yeah. uh, move, the, move the dial... You got uh, yeah, you got to do these things. It's shocking Awful. that Rockstar didn't hire me as a narrative designer off the back of that, isn't it? Um, <laughs> I will say, I, I definitely think if I, you know, if you uh, if you compare that to, I suppose, the dialogue I wrote for, like, you know, uh, the actress d- who played Diana Burnwood, Jane Perry, like it's, you know, it's night and day. <laughs> if I had another run at Nico Bellic dialogue, I'm sure it'd be a lot better. But um, I should have been <laughs> in the position where I had to even write that in the first place, and someone should have talked me out of it. Do you know what I mean? I lacked that positive influence in I, my I life. Just... Yeah, I think both of us, it was our attempt to mix the, the literary with 
the practicalities of game details. Yeah. <laughs> like where those two things meet, it instantly falls apart. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like a woman isn't a game, and a man in his diary doesn't mention such specific locations and character names constantly <laughs> as if to say i made a note of these when i was playing yeah oh dear well that was mortifying but um good content i suppose matthew so that was episode 100 of the podcast <coughs> yeah thank you so much for listening so far uh, we've definitely will we go another 100 episodes i hope so um i certainly think we've got plenty in the tank loads more to talk about i definitely definitely enjoy the journey of learning about games i've ever played before on this old and new uh, do you think we've got another 100 on us, Matthew? What do you reckon? Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. And I'll be interested what episode 200. Will we have a return of clip show? <laughs> who knows? Yeah, who knows? Um, or will this be a terrible mistake that we'll never talk about ever again, much like our Nico Bellic and Hotel Dusk uh, content there? Uh, it, is, it is ironic that we've bookended this episode with just like mortifying acts of, <laughs> of creativity. <laughs> Yeah, maybe the clip show thing was a terrible idea. Uh, we should never have done it. I mean, who knows? Maybe you did strip all of this out, Matthew, and we decided it was a no-go. Um, I think some of it will live on. Yeah, some of it was all right, but I think it's definitely like a, an editor's hand to be taken to that for sure. This is like classic. This is exactly what happens when you have like a big plan for a magazine. You're like, we're going to do this crazy thing, and inevitably, when you get to it, you have like what you leave it till deadline, <laughs> and then it's like got two got two <laughs> screenshots, you know. Yeah. yeah so uh yeah this was like if anything this this episode really does reflect what it is to make a magazine because it's kind of what it was like yeah in real time yeah exactly um i'm filled with regret but um i think some of it so what do you which skit do you think worked i think the yuji naka one was probably the best one what do you reckon yeah i think the wario west stuff was fine yeah it's all right uh... it sort of trailed off we didn't know where to end that one did we that was that was tough <laughs> I mean, I um, we'll see in the edit, man. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Yeah, that's it. Uh, either way, um, four days from when we're recording this, there will be an episode 100 that you're listening to right now. So, um, yes, thank you so much for your support. Even after listening uh, uh, listening to those um, terrible, bits, terrible bits of writing at the end there, I think Matthew's actually all right. Um, you want to support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash backpagepod. £4.50 a month and uh, there's uh, you get two bonus podcasts a month and very soon you'll get our PC Gaming Classics mini-series which is hosted by co-hosted by Jeremy Peel and Phil Awanyuk. Um, we're going to use a whole bunch of our Patreon money to basically fund them making a six-episode mini-series that will um, initially be behind the paywall and we'll eventually give them the uh, the rights to distribute themselves if they want to but yes that's quite exciting isn't it Matthew we hit two grand on Patreon that's uh, that's really cool oh mega absolutely amazing I hope people haven't listened to this episode and regret that yeah exactly that's it see how many cancelled <laughs> pledges to get off the back of this um, where can people find you on social media Matthew uh, Mr Basil underscore best I'm Samuel W Roberts see you next week with a new episode bye bye